hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. You know in Ashland last night or Catlinsburg, they caught the jail on fire? And the fire started on the inside. Did you see that? Inmates felt like they didn't have enough water. It was not getting what they needed. And they set a fire on the inside. Because they needed, they needed something. Now they had to relocate all those uh, the inmates to other jails. Don't know when they're going to get them back in there. You got things happening in Orlando. You got things happening in Boston. You got things happening all over the country. There's, there's, there's peaceful demonstrations. There's wild demonstrations. There's all kinds of things happening. Because there's something on the inside of people that are looking for something bigger than themselves. Right? It's, it's, it's crazy times. And the reason we're building a church is so we can sit up and build a church and sit on our laurels down there and feel like, well, look what we've done. God, you've been good to us and set up a museum down there. We're going to attract some people from Ashland that's going down there and radically transform that city. They're going to hit the streets. They're going to, you know what I mean? We're not going to rely on what other people are actually out here doing to come in and build a, a crowd so we can say, God, look what we've done. No, we're going to, I'm looking for some authentic outreach. Somebody that walks through the, the halls. See, it's easy to walk through the hood and try to find people that are in a mess. Walk through here and get a prophetic word that somebody in here is in, a, in an adulterous affair and the Lord speaks to you and tells you that you need to stop in that office right there and, and encourage them. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Oh, we can go to the down and out because it's easy to spot. But the same spirit that speaks to you in that moment should be the same spirit that speaks to you in any moment. Raise that people hear the voice of God. Know what to do in the times we're living in. Mature, grown up, kids, young people walking through the halls of Huntington High and Cabell Midland and wherever else that they're going. Middle school, walking through the halls and they say, I just heard the Lord say. And everybody just stops and listens to what the Lord said. People hear what the Lord is saying. Not what is CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and Nickelodeon and all the other channels tell us what the Lord's saying. What are, what's the Lord saying through you? How can you change your little microcosm of the world? Right? It's going to take different kind of thinking. It's going to take different kind of being. And, and, and you, you know, sometimes God moves you and turns you completely around and picks you up and plants you where you can get rooted in a place a city, a town, and you're there for a season, he picks you up and moves you over here, or a school, or a, or a profession, whatever it might be, and you're moving around, but the Lord is moving you, and he does that on purpose, because at that point, he's trying to get something in you, but he's also trying to get you in something else, or in them. So it's going to take a different kind of thinking. It's just the way it works. You have to abandon your old thoughts of the way church has been because the world has already abandoned the way the world has already been. They're not thinking like now, like it used to be 10 years ago. Do you know the world, for them to be so radical in their expression of what they're feeling, so radical, they really believe what they're doing is gonna make a change. So the last thing we can be as a church world is to sit over here and evaluate what they're doing 
and not really engage in what he's called us to do. Right? Hmm? If the church is transitioning, see, there's, there's, there's times in history that time has brought, and it takes a different kind of leadership, a different kind of mindset, a different kind of paradigm, a different kind of thought process that changes and accelerates people into to destiny and changes culture and moves it into the way it's supposed to be. It just takes that kind of thought process. And once somebody points it out, you, everybody can kind of lock into it, but it takes somebody to be a, a forerunner or a visionary, like John the Baptist was. John the Baptist was the son of a priest. He wasn't in the temple, but he was down in the Jordan River in the wilderness. He was down there doing priestly things, but it just wasn't like the priestly was, do, was doing in the, in the, the temple. So he, he, he wasn't forfeiting his role. He was just doing it differently than they've already known. Because why? There was something about ready to change because Jesus was showing up on the scene. And the church today is programmed for the sky to be split, and he, and he is coming. There's no question. He's coming. But while, while we're waiting on the rescue, the world is dying, but so is the church, waiting on the rescue. And we're like in quicksand holding our hand up going, somebody get me out of this mess as we just continue to sink lower and lower and lower. And occasionally you get your second wind and get a reach back, but nothing happens and nothing long-lasting and sustaining happens. So you were going, what in the world? And so then we, 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 we're planted in a place, and we're here. We're in it for a season, and then we think that, God, I'm waiting on you to do something, waiting on you to do something. The Lord says, I'm just waiting on you to do something. I'm really just waiting on you. And you say, but I know I'm supposed to be here, and you're gonna change this, you're gonna change this job, you're gonna change this company, these people are gonna change. And what I've learned in my life, whether it be right or wrong, this is how I see it, is sometimes we wait much longer than we should have waited. And the best thing to do is take a leap. Well, we're waiting on this or that. It could be this is that. Right? See, think about this. If one of the major changes and applications that the world is going to see that's going to be a remedy of the drug culture and all the different things that are happening in the world are economic boosts, then if people don't create jobs, then we're not going to provide the solution or part of the solution for the, some of these problems people are having. So rather than wait for Steel of West Virginia or Huntington Steel or AK Steel or some of the plants to start growing and, and, and hiring people, I'm asking you, in your time of transition, what is he telling you to start? I'm a firm believer that every kid that graduates high school should own their own company, even if they're their own self-employed person, just to learn how the world works. Not that you don't, can't be a an employee, but you gotta know how an employer thinks if you're ever gonna be a good employee. Here's what I'm feeling today. I don't even feel like preaching a sermon. I really don't. Here's what I'm feeling. Let me just tell you where I am. 
The church has been secluded over here in praying for people to get healing, pray for people to get delivered, pray for people to get saved, pray for people, and that is obviously a major focus of what we should do. But while we're doing that, this, the world and the culture of the world is being created by people that are not over there, and then we have to come out of our world when we aren't seeing these things happen like we thought they would, come over here and subject ourselves to over here while we're still praying for things to change over there. And I'm not so sure that we shouldn't be over here creating these things while we're doing those things over there and over here. I'm not so sure that healing doesn't have to happen just on a Sunday. It could happen on a Monday. I'm just not so sure. And I'm also not sure that while we're waiting on healing for 15 years and it hasn't happened, that we can still come over here and engage in culture and see some change take place. Because I don't have all the answers of why things aren't working the way they should be working. But I will know this, that there's an aggressive nature that's rising up in the world system. Listen, it used to be planes they're shooting down. You can't take their driver's license. Now they're running up on sidewalks and killing people. And I heard a guy say the other day, he said, what we're we gonna do now? He said, they're gonna have to start having barriers, concrete barriers all across the place. So it'll keep people safe when they're in crowded public areas, so it keeps people from driving off. And, and that'll work until they find another way. You see what I'm saying? The, the, the best thing to do is we're not gonna stop all of that, but we're teaching people how to live in fear and, and defense, trying to get into the mind of a crazy person so we're putting all of our laws and regulations in ways to keep us off the defense. How about we just raise up some crazy, radical, offensive people that are on our side? You see what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about just tit for tat and fighting and all that. I'm talking about somebody that just stands up and says, for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. I'm, I'm tired of being shaped by all of this. It's gonna take a different kind of thinking. I want to play something on video. Steph, would you come up here for a second? I want you to set this, this video up real quick. And I want to play this, and then I want to take this just for a moment, and then we're going to... I'm not going to be long. Set this video up, if you don't mind. Can you hear me now? All right. The video or the uh, song that's going to be played, there's a large Broadway play out right now that it's extremely hard and almost impossible to get tickets to. It's called Hamilton. And it's one of the largest and most uh, successful Broadway plays in decades. And it's kind of taken the whole uh, New York stream and also it's made its way into different places. But it's about the founding of our country. And it's told through the perspective of the first... Um, Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. And what you're fixing to hear, the whole play tells the story of a young immigrant that comes to the country and finds himself uh, in with a lot of different people making his way up to become the first U.S. Treasury Secretary. And he is George Washington's right-hand man and how they have now fought in the war together. They've won, and now they are 
building a country because how many of you all know it's one thing to start something, sustaining it is a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. So what they are now doing is they are setting up different systems and processes together of, how, of things that we now flow in every single day as a country. And it's been now that George Washington has just had an amazing, amazing term. It was incredible, and they actually wanted George Washington to stay even more, but he recognized that everything, this is George Washington, he recognized that he was setting a precedence for, from, for centuries on, that he was setting the standard for what presidents would flow in, and he recognized that a good president also knew how to lead and how to go forward, but he also knew when his season was over. So what you're fixing to hear is the conversation between George Washington and Alexander Hamilton as he's getting ready to tell him some pretty big news that's coming up. And Alexander Hamilton was an enemy. They were on the same team. Jefferson. Thomas, Thomas, Je Thomas Jefferson actually was one of the ones who, um, he believed one thing, it was one of those things, if you had, he was the first Secretary of State with George Washington's cabinet. He was the first Secretary of State. Alexander Hamilton was the first Treasury Secretary, and they were constantly at odds with one another, constantly. And uh, Hamilton was always taking cheap shots at Thomas Jefferson, and Thomas Jefferson was doing the same to Alexander Hamilton. So you could have, it would be like this, on the same team, wanting the same goal, but a different way to get there. Their personalities got involved. They kind of, you know, had their own agendas, and, but they were on the same team. It, in the church world, it'd be like your Pentecostals fighting your Methodists, or your Baptists fighting your Catholics. And you're, you see what I'm talking about? All on the same team, but yet you're going, well, they don't have what you have. Their motivation is not right there. And it brings schisms within the, the body but so everything that you were fighting for now is at risk. Why? Because I see it one way and you see it another. But here's the deal. When they were all fighting to establish the nation, it really didn't matter what everybody else thought. You couldn't bring your preference in when you're fighting to, to gain the victory. Preferences come in when you go to sustain long-term and build systems in, in, to enrich people's lives. That's when people begin to go, hmm, I think it ought to be this way. I think it ought to be this way. Well, I like what they say, but I don't like what they say. Right? And before you know it, you get caught up in the personalities and you forget why you did what you did to begin with. You know what I'm talking about? So the reason I'm showing you this today is because we've been building, we've been contending, we've been fighting, not us, just us, the whole country. So it's gonna take a different kind of leadership, a, a leader and leadership that puts our personal agendas and our personal thoughts and submit them to the whole. What is the big picture's reward? Go ahead. Mr. President, you asked to see me. I know you're busy. What do you need, sir? Sir, I want to give you a word of warning. Sir, I don't know what you heard, but whatever it is, Jefferson started it. Thomas Jefferson resigned this morning. You're kidding. 
So he can run for president. Ha! Good luck defeating you, sir. I'm stepping down. I'm not running for president. I'm sorry, what? One last time. Relax, have a drink with me. One last time. Let's take a break tonight. And then we'll teach him how to say goodbye. To say goodbye. You and I. With Britain and France on the verge of war, is this the best I won't be born against partisan fighting. Pick up a pen, start writing. I want to talk about what I have learned, the hard-won wisdom I have earned. As far as the people are concerned, you have to serve. You could continue to serve. I am unconscious of intentional error. I am nevertheless too sensible of my defects not to think it probable that I may have committed many errors. I shall also carry with me the hope that my country will view them with indulgence, and that after 45 years of my life dedicated to its service with an upright zeal, the faults of incompetent abilities will be consigned to oblivion, as I myself will soon be. The mansions of rest. I anticipate with pleasing expectation that retreat in which I promise myself to realize the sweet enjoyment of partaking in the midst of my fellow citizens. The benign influence of the good laws of the free government, the ever favored object of my heart, and the happy reward as I trust of our mutual care. Labors and dangers. One last time. George Washington's going home. Teach him how to say goodbye. George Washington's going
So Jesus has his disciples all gathered around him. He told them for three and a half years, I must die. I've got to die on that cross. I've come for one purpose, that's to remove all the sins from mankind. I've come just to take it all away from you. I've come to have you can have life and have that life more abundantly. You've been living underneath this cloud of this pressure of life. And every time you thought you were going to do okay, and you think one step ahead, get ahead, something's going to knock you back and tuck you back two or three steps. Just when you think you're making progress, ah, here it comes again. Somebody comes in and condemns you, or you make a mistake, and you feel full of shame and guilt. And before you know it, you've got to start all over again. For three and a half years, he kept telling them, I'm taking all that away from you. That way you don't have to start over every time. What happens is when you make a mistake, you just get right back up and you keep right on going. Why? Because you just got to keep on moving. The, the mistake is the last time. It's not your first time. And you don't have a world ahead of you that's just full of heartaches and hardships and pressures and no, 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 no. I'm coming to take it all away. But here's the problem. Guys, I've got to die for this to happen. And I'm going to take it up all myself, every sin you could possibly think, every guilt, every condemnation, your shame, all your, your things that you could have done, would have done, should have done, and thought you might have done. I'm putting it all on me. That way nobody can look at you and say, you are, you did, you shouldn't have, you can't. No, no, I'm taking it all away. But I got to go away. I'm leaving here. Peter looks at him and says, Jesus, my God. We've been following you for three and a half years. We listened to your message. We believe this. We've abandoned all. We've seen 5,000 people fed with two fish and five loaves. We've seen people raised from the dead. We've seen Lazarus come forth out of a, a, an empty a tomb, and they unraveled him with the grave clothes, and he began to walk, and he ate with you the next day. We've seen some stuff, Jesus. We've seen ears put back on. We've seen people raised. We've seen the little girl raised from the dead. We've seen virtue flow out of your, the hem of your garment, and a woman with issue of life, the issue of blood was healed after 12 years. We've seen a man with 38 years that it was crippled and he got, we've seen it all. And now you're telling us, you got to go away. He said, you don't understand how it works. If I don't go away, the heart of what I am will never get in you. You'll always look for me when I'm giving you me now, I'm gonna pour into you my vision. I've shown you how it works. I've given you my intentions. I've given you my thoughts, my dreams, my prayers towards you. But you want me to stay here and it doesn't work that way. I've gotta teach you how to be independent but also reliant on me. I have more confidence, guys, in what I'm giving you than you have in what you're receiving. I need you to know that when I put my heart inside of you, I'm not taking it back. I'm not changing my mind. See, the problem with you, Peter, James, and John, and the rest of you, you know when the season in, begins, but you don't know when the season ends. You hang around for too long. You want me to stay here one more day? You just say, if I could just be around one more year. No, you gotta know when the season ends. You'll know when it begins because it'll be very easy to spot, but do you stay around just a little too long? I'm gonna pour into you guys my heart, my spirit, 
And the things that you've seen me do, oh, you'll do those, but you'll do it that much greater. But here's the thing. I don't want you to stay and do it just amongst the two or three of you. I went out amongst the people. I went in places that nobody would go. Do you remember me talking to the Samaritan woman at the well? You guys look at me from a distance saying, why is he talking to this woman that's a half-breed outcast? We're not supposed to be talking to them. And you saw me talking to her. I want you to go to her. I want you to go to the ones that nobody will go to. But when you get summoned up in front of the king, don't act like you don't belong in front of the king. When you get invited to the wedding at the governor's place for his family, act like you belong. I don't want you looking for the high and the elite and forgetting the poor, but I don't want you just to protract yourself to the poor and forgetting the high and elite. I've demonstrated my walk to you. You've gone everywhere that I've gone and you still want me to stay. I'm gonna tell you one last time I want you to get inside of your head and I want you to teach and make disciples out of everybody you come in contact with. And I want you to teach them not only about me, but I want, to teach, want you to teach them of me. What's the difference, Jesus? It's easy to tell them about it. No, but when you teach them of me, it applies to their life today. See, it's one thing talking about history, but what do you tell 237 inmates in Catlettsburg, Kentucky that feel like their civil rights are violated and they start a fire on the inside? Oh, I know what you can do. Let's take them back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and tell them about the woman with the issue of blood that came and, and they just touched the hem of the garment. You gotta just press in with prayer and fasting. No, there's 237 over here that can't relate to what you're saying. But we can quote them Philippians 2, 19, and we can give them Acts 2, 14, and we, we can give them, oh, yeah, you can do all of that, but I gotta know that you're instant in season and you're instant out of season. I gotta know that when I walk away from here that I don't have to come back again and show you and rescue you out of here. I'm leaving you here to, to set up and put justice and mercy where justice and mercy needs to be. Things that are set up high, I want you to bring them down low. Things that are low, I want you to raise them up high. Things that are crooked and out of joint, I want you to bring them, make them, make them smooth. And sometimes things that are smooth need to be churched and changed and crooked and out of joint. How am I gonna know to do that, Jesus? How's that gonna work? I am placing my wisdom and my revelation and my spirit inside of you. So when I go, I will come into you and you will be fully equipped with the spirit of heaven living inside of you. The minute you detach yourself from the spiritual heaven and the spiritual father and the spiritual climate of what I'm talking about, it'll be the best that you can fend for. But the more you're reliant you become on that spirit, the more you're able to see it through spiritual eye. So when things come at you and life disappoints you, when you're looking through the spirit, you say, it don't end that way. I was dealt a blow, but the blow can't take me out. 
I lost everything, but I know that didn't need everything, so I've got to get back more than I lost. Why? Because you're looking at it through a lens that I've been sharing with you for three and a half years. I don't need to stay here and explain it to you and give you a commentary and a narrative. I'm trusting you that what you're getting from me gives you life and that life more abundantly. And Peter, what I want you to do on that day of Pentecost, I want you to stand up and I want you to summons everybody and tell them something ended and something just began. See, that way, Peter, they're not going to be afraid of death because there can't be a death without a life. There can't be an ending without a beginning. There can't be a last without a first. So when they see them losing things, they must be gaining others. When they see the finality of a, a season coming to a close, they'll see a, an opening to something brand new. Give them hope, Peter. Give them a future, Peter. I gotta go away. George Washington looked at Alexander Hamilton and said, could I win this election? You better believe it. No different than Jesus saying, could I stay here three more years, heal lots of people? Oh, you better believe it. But it's necessary I go away so I can come into you and the things that I've done, you will do, and greater. Washington said, listen, we fought. We set it up. It's here. The framework is established. But we're not building this for the next term. We're not building it for the next two terms. We're building it for those that have not even yet been born yet. They're in the loins and in the heart of the father that their parents don't even know they even exist yet. That's what we're building. So, Hamilton, Peter, I'm willing to go away. So what's inside of me can rise. So we can go out and amongst the people. For four years, we have been on a journey. It's been an up and it's some been down. We've experienced lots of successes and we've experienced a few things that we can't explain. But the heart of who we are as a church, I pray, is the same heart that we just heard and we've been studying for the last four years. One that celebrates the traditions of what we've been through and carrying those forward for our children to remember that we'll look out over a city as we're driving down the city and hearing what happened in Boyd County and what Catlettsburg and what happens in Ohio and Kentucky and Boston, all over the world, and we don't get jaded and cynical. 
that we realize, no. It's our time. It's your time to start that business. It's your time to close one down. It's your time to go back to school. It's your time to graduate. It's your time to buy that property. It's your time to sell one. It's your time to get rid of that car, give it away to somebody that needs it. You've been hanging on it. It's been sitting in your driveway for too long. You've been carrying your memories around rather than build new ones. It's the best time to be alive. The Lord says over the next seven years, you're not to evaluate the next seven years over intervals of weeks or months. You're not gonna be able to look back and take a gauge right in the middle of the journey and say, this is a success or this is a failure. You'll look back seven years from now and say, I saw some ups and I saw some downs, but where I am in seven years from today will be much further than I've ever thought I'd ever be. You're gonna see the hand of the Lord. You're gonna see the hand of plenty. You're gonna see the hand of opportunity. You're gonna see the hand that's beckoning you to come. But you've gotta be willing to lay some things down and unlike it's been over the last decades of the church world, I'm not telling you to lay down what we call your sin. I'm talking about laying down what you've attached yourself to that's kept you focused and weighted rather than embracing your future. You've been afraid of losing rather than risking to win. You've been hurt and damaged. But if you hadn't been hurt and damaged, you'd still be where you were, rotting away. You'd have stayed another 10 years thinking it was gonna change. And the Lord says, I couldn't let you waste 10 more years because you were loyal where you were. She was mistreating you, he was mistreating you. You were talked about, they were talking about you behind your back. No, all it did was prompt me to release me into where I'm headed. The Lord says, as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were known to the world, the seed and the inheritance from Abraham will be materializing in the lives of his people in the next seven years.
country has shifted over the last several decades away from a blue-collar America to a white-collar America. And over those last several decades, greed entered in, even entered into the church over the last couple of decades. And the Lord says you're going to see policies and things change in the church, in the culture, to where the blue-collar America is going to shine again. God's going to raise up white collar that value and honor blue collar. Not look down on them as they're less than. God's piecing a body like a puzzle, snapping it together. Where the outer edges of the puzzle appreciate the guts of the puzzle. And the guts of the puzzle recognize the outer edges are necessary to find their place. And he's raising up architects, apostolic leaders and prophetic leaders across this land. Some are in the church world and some are in politics and some are in government and some are in corporate America. Some are in education. God's raising them up. They're able to see blueprints from heaven but are able to articulate it and see it come to pass in life. Coordination is gonna become more contemporary and quicker straightforwardness and truth being spoken not talking about out of both sides of your mouth or wondering what people have to say it's coming straight at you not to offend you but to keep you going forward not to hurt you but to keep you on task not to break relationships but to fortify true relationships you're going to see it you're going to see it you're going to see it you're going to see the media turned upside down where they don't even know what they're writing or what they're saying they're going to talk out of both sides of their mouth and begin to say things they don't even have a clue what they're saying and the truth is going to seep right through that they cannot even say anything other than the truth because the truth's going to speak for itself the proof's going to be in the pudding it's not going to be your favorite commentator it's not going to be your favorite person in your, 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 your news network it's not going to be your favorite tv program or your favorite sports person. It's not going to be about who's going to honor the national anthem and the American flag. It's not going to be about all that because there's raising up a group of people. Now you might not like what I'm about ready to tell you, but because change is not happening from the outside, God is raising on the hearts of the people. Oh God, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm telling you by the spirit of the Lord, they started a fire on the inside of that jail out of rebellion but it relocated every single one of them I'm asking you as a body of believers not to be in rebellion I'm asking you what are you going to start on the inside of you that's going to cause your relocation when are you going to start worrying about oh the thing on the outside and I'm subject to this variable and that variable and that person and that person and you on the inside say no 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 restrictions are going to come off of me and I'm going to reach down on the inside of me that says nothing is impossible for me your kids are waiting on you to take a step 
They're going, come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Come on, Grandma. Come on, Grandpa. Take that step. Leave us something better than we're seeing right now. Leave us something better. Give me something to work with. Get yourself up off of yourself. And you got to know, one last time, we're leaving this thing behind and we're moving on to the thing that God has before us. One last time, we're going to raise up a George Washington that says, it's not about me, but it's about the big picture. We're going to raise up the little... The, 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 the people from Christ, Christians that follow after Christ and say it's not about me but it's about his big picture I want to know where we are stand to your feet with me all over this place Father in Jesus name I declare to you we stand before you as a representative, a small sample of your body across this entire world we're not going to get caught up in what's happening on the right from the right or to the left and from the left we're going to stay central focused, centered on you, what you're doing in our lives. God, raise us up to be who you've called us to be. Let us be with full of boldness and courage. Let us have the courage to cut off those things that are weaknesses in our life and embrace those things that are strong. We're headed somewhere. We commit to you those next seven years are going to be the greatest seven years this world has ever seen. It'll be up and it'll be down, but at the end of the seven, we'll look back and say, I wouldn't trade this journey for any journey in the world. In Jesus' name, all of God's people that agree with that say amen. God bless you all. What is it that you're called to be? Too often we think only people called into ministry are preachers. But did you know that God has called you to influence your world? Whether you're a teacher, a mom, a businessman, a doctor, you're called to bring who God is into your sphere of influence. I want to invite you to visit at Expression Church of Huntington. Our passion is to teach others how to be the expression of Christ in everyday real life. Service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. with Sunday school starting at 9.30 for all ages. We also have our midweek service called The Mid, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our temporary sanctuary is located at 5185 U.S. Route 60 East in Huntington at the East Hills Professional Center off of the 29th Street exit. We will soon be moving to our permanent property at Commerce Park in Huntington. I'm Stephanie Scragg, and I am Expression.